0: untapped talent on cliffcentral.com.
1: Welcome to it. This is Untapped Talents right here on cliffcentral.com. Thank you so much for having us on. It is a Friday unlike any other because everyone is chuspered up and excited and how else can you not? Because listen, you're listening to C on Cliff Central. It's one of those things in a very modest way. And as we move on, thank you so much for having us on. This hour is all about just chatting to inspiring people who have a lot to say and are like-minded and no offense and I hope they aren't freaking out as I introduce who they are. But um, I'll be talking to four. Fortunate, who I actually met a couple of years ago Who's a young person who's really out there Who has a lot to say And it's a lot of productive, inspiring stuff And you know, I've been having vocal lessons With her surname as well But it's all Venda and I like that Shirangwana Shirangwana I think we
2: need more lessons okay. But <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, good try
1: T-S-H-I-R-A-N-G W-A-N-A
2: Shirangwana
1: Shirangwana Okay, I'll,
2: I'll give it to I you. I just
1: want to sound vendor. Just give me
2: just, that. just, just go and nah,
1: die, and then nah, you'll be okay. There we go. I'm on the road with that. And also, just a little later, I have singer Miss Cal join me. So she has a new song. It's called Mister Mean, and it's all like, ooh. I want to find out what that means, like who is mean and what influenced her to make a song like that. But anyway, these are the people who I'm so glad to have on the show. I'll we'll be chatting to them uh, in the course of the hour. And if you want to add into the conversation in any way show perform, you know what you can do. You can always tweet us at cliffcentral.com or at C underscore sf, or you can send us a message on our official WeChat account. It is um, cliffcentral. Just tap connect and then message to show, and your message will pop up right in front of the screen. We can read that out. So without wasting any more time, we want to kick it straight off and get Real into the nitty gritty with Fortunate. Fortunate we met like a couple of years ago. I think it was two thousand and twelve.
2: Was was it not thirteen? I don't
1: know. We don't know. Yes, one one of those. Yes, so, 2012,
2: 2013.
1: We were, we were both still in high school and i like to say we were both still law-abiding citizens. I still am. Oh, well, I still... I need to keep my
2: visa. Uh, so. oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and this is the internet, so we'll live on yeah, forever. Exactly. So let's say nice things. Uh, we were both in youth councils. For you, have you always just been that sort of young person who's always going out there and wanting to make a difference in any way, shape, form?
2: I think because so many people have made a difference in my life yeah. that I can't help but make a difference when I can. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, how can someone like put in like info and opportunities and skills and give you all these workshops and scholarships and you not do anything with that? It's, yeah. I think it's like, I don't know. I just, I've always wanted to help. I've always wanted to take every opportunity that comes my way. How can you not help? Like, how yeah. can you?
1: So we're born and bred Joe Berger. Yes, I love it. And we're three older brothers.
2: One older, two younger.
1: Uh huh. And so, with a full house like that, though, who who are some of the people that you looked up to growing up?
2: My older brother. I think he joined council, so I joined council. He was head boy, so I was head girl. <laughs> He's doing engineering, so I'm doing engineering. So
1: it's like hmm, I just want to be as cool as you.
2: No, I'm just like I can do this better. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. I don't know. He always set like a really high standard and I couldn't help but try and meet his standard. Mm-hmm. And also because he's such an amazing person, I also want to be like him. Yeah. So I also wanted to take part in organizations that helped shape him to be who he is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as
1: much as yes, at first you were drawn because it's the cool fact and you wanted to just be like your brother. For example, when you went into the Johannesburg Junior Council, yeah. though, uh, what did you feel as it slowly started to unravel about the change that such a council, a junior council can make?
2: I think for me, it was honestly the people. It's the fact that I had kids who were my age who were so determined to make a difference. Yeah. And that totally changed the whole experience for me because I'm with people who are just like 16, 17, 18, who want to go and organize marches for equal education, who want to collect books, who want to build libraries. Yeah. That just opened my mind. And I was like, well, I'm young, but I can still make a difference. Mm-hmm. And it's just when you're in an environment like that, you can't help but want to help and want to do better and also want to be better yourself.
1: Wow. And then uh, let's talk about your achievements because, you know, let's let's just go straight into that. Especially just in council, your position on council was?
2: So I was the deputy head of the contact committee. So that's like the people who organize like the social unity events for the council. Yeah. Um, That was lots of fun. I I didn't get to wear a robe, so I wasn't cool. (laughs) I wasn't cool enough to wear a robe. I feel like
1: that's still a sore point for you. It is. You know, when I
2: graduate, it's okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll
2: I'll keep that robe and walk around (laughs) with it make up for lost time
1: but mind you these are teenagers you know who have this sort of infrastructure of a committee and a leader there and you have these positions and you're going out there to do a lot of things did you never ever feel like maybe this is not in my realm of possibilities maybe i just need a bit of life experience or i need to learn more or have you always just been a person who There's really nothing that can stop your – anything that can stop in your path.
2: I don't think I've ever been like, Mm, I can't do this. I think I was always like, well, I'm going to try my best. And if my best isn't good enough, then that's not on me. That's on the opportunity. So maybe that opportunity wasn't for me. But what I really enjoyed about council was that whatever we set our minds to do, we Mm -hmm. did achieve. So I mean, it was just like it wasn't like, oh, we need to get life experience, or we're too young to organize a march. It was like you're gonna go call like the metro police. You're gonna go find like a street path. You're gonna go do this. You're gonna go do flies. It was like it was so simple. It was just like here's a plan. Let's execute the plan. It wasn't, oh, we're too young, or mm-hmm. the mayor won't listen to us. Like our leaders, the Evs, like we call them the Evs because it's what everyone, and Evro. Yeah. They literally didn't do anything for us but facilitate and make sure meetings were run on time. But we came up with ideas. We had to find context. We had to go and call. We had to pursue. And I think that opportunity just made me realize that, you know what, the world's my oyster. Mm -hmm. I can do whatever I set my mind to if I work hard and I execute my plan and the steps that I've set before me.
1: So what are some of the projects that you undertook during your year on council?
2: Oh, we organized the Equal Education Youth uh, March um, that started all the way in Newtown, the Mary Fitzgerald Square, all the way to the Constitutional Hill. Um, We did, what is it? Uh, Stop Hunger. So we packed a few food packages for Stop Hunger. We opened up a library for Orange Grove Primary. Um, we did a lot of things. We did workshops for debating. We did an environmental cleanup. We helped 702 Walk the Talk. Shucks. Yeah. When then, you look
1: at it in retrospect, you're actually I like, can like, you believe wow. that you did this? And it's like, like
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's not I, not, we did. Yes. Because I couldn't have done it on my own. True. And I wasn't like the president or like. The mayor of the JJC, but, but you made it happen. But we made it yeah, happen, we and made that it was happen. really, really cool.
1: That's that's talk about young people going out there to make a difference. So that was while you were still in high school. I think yes. you were grade eleven. Yes. And what are your plans after council? After such a successful year, you've been doing so many like groundbreaking things, literally as a teenager. Was the world your oyster?
2: Well, I after council, I had like a real sense of like I need to give back. I need to do something. I need to. I don't know. I I just remember getting home and I have all these books because I love reading. Uh-huh. But I'm not the type of person who likes to read. Favorite all-time a- book? I don't have a favorite. That's my problem. I don't have a favorite top. song. Don't have a favorite color. Don't have a favorite. F- I have a favorite food. It's cake. But that's oh. like, <laughs> that's it. As anything else is just like no okay, favorite let's do, anything. Let's do
1: a top three favorite book of all time. Top three favorite books.
2: Americana by Ngozi Chimanzi. Uh huh. Um,
1: Yeah, now Actually I'm really the the spot. What? No, I'm really putting it on this spot. You yeah. really are. <laughs>
2: um The Anthropology of an American Girl. I don't know who's it by, but I Ooh. got that like at some free event and I got the book and it was really, really good. It like has some really, really good points in it. And also um The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. I really enjoyed that book. It was good. Alright. Was it wasn't a fantasy book, but it was a analysis so i really really enjoyed that mm,
1: an analysis she says oh, okay wow. yes i i i interrupted your trail of thoughts yes
2: oh so i got back home <laughs> and i had all these books and i had gone an exchange and they like taught us how to like execute plans properly like using like people in power so i was like i really want to refurbish um a library at like my old primary school because they had a library like back in the day but when i was there they didn't have a library and they had like this massive room so i Talk to people at my school, and I got a whole bunch of girls to collect books yeah. and donate all their books. And then I got I don't know like over two thousand books donated. And then I got Waltons to sponsor me some plastic to cover, wow. and I used that plastic. And I got the girls at my school to do it as community service, so they help being head girl helps. So I okay. like the last day of school <laughs> was like covering day like for all three consecutive terms, and then I got Plascon to donate paint and. Last year, because the library took like a year to do so, my matric year, and then last year when I was out of school, um, I got KPMG to sponsor it for Mandela Day, and then wow. they came and they painted and donated a carpet, and they donated like bean bags and computers, and then like we had this whole opening with Mandela's grandson. So that was pretty cool, cause like that was like something I did after council, and like how council spurred me on. Yeah. So it's basically like the brainchild of what I. Learned at council and just.
1: But what I gather from you, Fortunate, is really there's like a bar of what a lot of people achieve. Then you just go above and beyond that bar. You are raising the bar until there is no bar anymore.
2: No, it's just <laughs> taking every opportunity that comes. I told you I don't say no to things. Yeah. I don't. I'm just like, oh, like you guys need help. You guys need books, okay? And then as soon as I say, okay, there's something I say, yes, then I can't help but not do it to my yeah. fullest potential because it's going to have my name on it and I like nice things. So obviously. What
1: is helping out? Your fellow, I don't know, teenager coworker person you go to school with. What does helping mean to you?
2: I think it's anything as a how are you doing? How are you really doing? Giving Mm. someone a smile, to giving someone a book, to giving someone money, to helping someone with a lift, to helping someone with homework. Because I'm a maths tutor as well, so it's like, oh
1: wow, what am I doing with my life? I'm uh, here pushing (laughs) buttons.
2: And you talk a lot, so that's okay. That's that's good. I talk oh, okay, a lot too, okay. so, you Thank know.
1: Okay, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for making me feel slightly better.
2: <laughs> I think helping anyone is, like, literally, I said in one of my applications or something, it's like it's even just a smile to someone on the road. Mm-hmm. It makes their day. Like, it's just a, oh, you look nice, or do you need help with anything? It's just literally... I don't know just doing something else doing something selflessly regardless of how big it is yeah
1: so I genuinely think I do you know it's absolute truth when I say the world is your oyster so you grew up born and bred in Joburg and then you finally decided "Hmm, you know just moving casually to America (laughs) would be like a good idea so you went all the way to Pennsylvania Yes. Lehigh University. Yes. And you're studying what there?
2: Industrial and Systems Engineering with a minor in Entrepreneurship.
1: This is doing wonders for my ego. How (laughs) exactly did we land up in Engineering?
2: You know, I... Originally, the plan was Medicine, right? Uh And then... I just I have friends who have gone to UCT for medicine and they are passionate about it. Like they really, really are passionate about it. And yeah. I just don't have that passion. I, I might have had the brains, but the passion to do seven have, years. I
1: have a friend who's you know going into medicine as well at UCT and wants to be a surgeon. And he once sat me down and explained with joy on his face how yeah. much he love he loves the thought of being able to peel someone's skin off. And I was like, that is this is what you see on CSI. That is horrible. So I, do, I totally get the passion thing. Yeah.
2: So the next best thing, not necessarily was engineering, but because my brother was an engineer. So I was like, I'm never going to be an engineer. No, and and originally I was like, I'm never going to be an engineer. I'm never going to do civil because I don't have time to be wearing a construction hat and just like getting burnt in the sun. Yeah. That is not me. Like... I don't enjoy buildings, like Uh building things and construction. So I was like, no, 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 that's not engineering for me. And then I found out about industrial and systems engineering, which is just basically the maximization or optimization of anything. Yeah. So it's like a maximization, optimization of a factory, of a media company, of a hospital. Literally, I can work in any field. And all I do is optimize the build using various systems and various methods that I've learned. And I was like, this is challenging. Like This is fun. This is like a puzzle. It does not restrict me at all so i don't have to be stuck in construction or stuck in chemistry yeah. but i can actually go into fields that i want to like make a difference in and i can optimize like businesses or whatever so i was just like this sounds like it's something like that's right up my alley i can be in a boardroom i can interact with people i can come up with ideas i can present that's what i enjoy doing yeah i like i like coming up with a plan or a solution and then executing that it's the same thing with my community service like i like coming up with i see a problem find a solution and execute it
1: uh, and that's exactly what that's exactly Inca- what yeah. industrial
2: and systems engineering is and And then i was like oh but i really enjoy business and like being creative so let me throw in an entrepreneurship minor in there so you can mine in anything yeah first i was gonna mine in like poli um, cause I'm really into politics okay. and like the world and like Africa. And then I thought Africana studies.
0: Yeah.
2: And I was like, no, no, no. Um, then I was like entrepreneurship because like it's really the course, like the diploma side of it is like really, really hands on and yeah. you make a business model. As long as you
1: didn't, didn't choose like Latino studies. Which no, has, no, no, like, no, 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 no. I was thinking
2: of like drama, but then my mom was like, you're, <laughs> and my brother was like, girl,
1: <laughs> you're not going to win this fight. And now,
2: so I was like, let me make everyone happy because I'm away from home. So I don't want yeah. anyone to, you know, be like be beefing with me.
1: Exactly. But you know, I, I feel like you're the perfect person to have this discussion with now. I love South Africa 100%, but I'm also realistic about our situation and our circumstances. And I do feel as great as we are, and as much as we are making progress, we aren't in an environment that promotes excellence you know promotes us really trying you know you you get 40 percent, and that's like yeah. okay yeah you know i'm not bashing my maths teacher but really i had a maths teacher who said "See, you know maybe maths isn't for you because really she <laughs> helped me i was like yeah you know as soon <laughs> as they put the alphabet with the numbers i got lost so, <laughs> but i'm saying in america it's slightly different where I, I i feel to a certain extent they they encourage excellence and not just coasting through what do you think
2: I think South Africa has a lot to prove, right? So mm-hmm. we need to get our economy jacked up. We need to get our tourism jacked up. Like we need to get our as like number one, like in Africa. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone knows this, but let's be honest. Like Nigeria's economy is booming. Oh yeah, and all the the kids who go study abroad are coming back. Um, South Africa, I think we're just coasting through. I think America is big enough that it can have aspects of people who strive yeah. and aspects of people who don't. I know kids who don't want to go to college because in America you can be like a truck driver or like work in a department store and you can still own a house and you can still have a car and still like live comfortably. In South Africa, not so much. I can be a truck driver, but I won't be living in like Bramley or Melrose or Santon or like north view you know like for, for those type for that type of lifestyle you need to go to school get a degree or like have a really really good job so that's the only way that we are able to do that and it's mostly through education yeah. whereas in america there's so many opportunities and they they encourage you to be like your own self, you need to be an individual, like an individual. We read a book in English called Generation Me, mm-hmm. which is basically about America and how, like, this new generation is all about themselves. It's all about what you can do, all about what you want. It's like, oh, I am special. So there's the iPhone, there's the, like, the iPad, there's the, you know. Generation Me. The whole generation, man. I think because of that, Americans just. I wouldn't say that they strive for excellence. I just say that they just it's it's a big country. I mean, they have a time zone in their own country. Like it's a big country. So you
1: <laughs> once you put that sort of like, perspective on it. <laughs> it's
2: it's a big country. So there you have a whole like variety of people and yeah. a whole variety of institutions that mold certain people. Um whereas we're smaller. So like you can see like I'm not saying that 40% is great. Like I think it should be back to 50 and like you should push. Mm-hmm. And I think that also just um that's also due to your circumstance and your parents pushing you. Like, my mom's a teacher, so... Like, you can, like, imagine from the get-go, I learned to read before I went to school. Oh, yeah. So my mom is very, like, pushing everyone to do the best that they can do. Not necessarily to be the best, but to do the best that you can do so that you don't have any regrets. Mm -hmm. But in America, I think it's... You have kids who grow up in that environment, and you have kids who don't. Some kids don't even go to college. Some kids go to college to find themselves and do stuff like Africana studies. Like, they can. Yeah. Whereas here, it's not so much. I think here, it's like everyone just wants to do the degree that pays the most or where they get a scholarship to, you know? It's yeah. Just...
1: I know it's not necessarily fair quote unquote to compare South Africa to America, yeah, no. but it's just one of the things of you have to draw some sort of similarities or differences to it because with me, I once heard this and I thought it was so spot on that um, South Africa There is a chance in South Africa to break new ground and to build a future for yourself. Whereas America, you're literally going there to be a maintenance man. Yes. Because there's not much innovation that you can get up to in America. Everything has been done.
2: I think it's like America, the UK. I have a friend in London and she's originally from Angola. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And she says she's studying economics and like, I don't know, like some other, like Maida, and she said she wants to come back to Angola and do things like open a hotel chain because there isn't a hotel chain. Open like a more that's like Samson because you have the, the the demand for it, but you don't have it there. Like, why would you go and then go and like compete with Hilton or the Sheraton in like London when you can go to Angola and open one for yourself, you know? Mm. Like, why would I go to America and like try to be the CEO of Ernest and Young or whatever when I can come here and have a good chance of starting my own financial institution? Yeah. So I think the Africa has like a whole variety and like a whole host of opportunities where America, even though there are opportunities, you are competing with everyone from everywhere because everyone wants to go to America. Yeah. So you're competing with graduates from America. itself, from outside of America. It's just it's crazy. I mean, there you really need to be like you know people or like really maximize your opportunities and with that being said i want to work there for like a few years to get experience Mm -hmm. i think it would be a shame to go and study there and not get experience but literally like at the end i want to come back home like i want to come back and live here and work here because like i love south africa i think we have a whole lot of potential Mm -hmm. um i think i'm just thinking about all the people i know who are at school all the people like you who are doing stuff like imagine where the country would be when we all like I don't know fifty and leading and actually like the heads of our industry. Yeah, like I think we 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 give South Africa such a short fall because of the people who are in power. But if you think of everyone that's going to go get educated, that's going to be masters in their own field. Imagine when they get to the, like parliament. Imagine when the kids look at Linda Emma's book where She just graduated from Harvard. Oh yeah. Imagine when she gets into like when she gets into parliament. When she gets into government. All the knowledge that she will have. Yeah. I just think that we just twenty years, twenty two, twenty three years is a short time, like twenty five years, whatever. Like it's a short time to try and measure. We still have like, a long way uh, to go. We have a re America has like over two hundred years of independence. Like we have a long way to go. And like I just I'm so excited to see what's gonna happen.
1: Fortunate for president no <laughs> oh sorry, sorry I think, it's getting I think, very round I think, up I think for
2: you i can't do like i can't make the difference that i want to in, in like the position of president you can like in, in
1: your own capacity no, your own i would like platform. to be the head of the
2: au though um ah. I'm nudge, nudge, wink, wink, but that's okay we'll, to we'll all see. the right people to all the right we'll people see, listening yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: like call me but what is happening in america fortunate what is Dude, happening in america
2: i just you where know, do like, we
1: even begin because I'll have to say. One
2: thing is this whole hashtag all lives matter, hashtag black lives matter. I, I had a conversation with a friend and I said to her, she's African American, and I said all lives matter. Cause I was like, you know what? Black, white, this and this, all lives matter. We I mean, had mm-hmm. this whole conversation. She was like, no, fortunate. Black lives matter because white lives already matter. And mm-hmm. black lives don't matter So you can't say all oh, lives matter When yes. black lives don't matter So then she was like Black lives matter And I think after we had that conversation Then I re- really realized that The situation that's happening in America Is completely different Exactly To what happened in South Africa And my view of race And yeah. institutionalized racism Completely, completely different I Like it's, it's hectic Like I have friends who says Like he said when he was growing up He couldn't do the things That his white counterparts could do He says we couldn't go around ho- uh, Like during Halloween And like I don't know, like m- throw eggs at houses or whatever. Because at the end of the day, he'd be the one going to jail. Yeah. Even though it was a prank that his white c- counterparts could do, like it's like we couldn't play with water guns, water guns, and like run around because like what if someone actually thought it was a real gun? Yeah. You know, and then I was like that's completely like hectic like that's completely different to what i was i was like all lives matter black why thinking of like the trc back here and how
1: it, it, yeah it's completely what i'm different. struggling with i think it is because we almost to a certain extent we look up to america as this great this yes. model of perfection we should be like this but the essence the true things that should matter they aren't getting right you know i i read an article the other day about you know, this hashtag, uh, all, li- all lives matter versus yes. black lives yes. matter. And they said taking the black out of it is just like saying, instead of saying we support our troops, it's just saying we support all our people. Yeah, We aren't saying that you shouldn't support all people, people, but we are saying that special attention needs to be paid to the, to the troops for yes. awareness, to know what's going on. And that's exactly what is happening with black people as well, I think.
2: But my thing is, like America is very much about awareness. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's this whole like hashtag black lives matter, but what is actually happening to... Like combat this awareness, like yeah. to actually do something with all the awareness that they're spreading. So the same thing with the hashtag bring back our girls. So much awareness about this, but what is happening? Mm. Like I knew, and it was, I think it was literally spurred on by American celebrities. Like this whole hashtag yeah. bring back our girls, but nothing was done. And it's the same but thing I, with hashtag all I black I will lives have matter. to
1: say, maybe I'm being too much of a devil's advocate here, but I will have to say that at least it's a step in the right direction.
2: I think so. But I think if you're America, You should be doing more. Like, like you said, we look up to America. And I think you're America. Yeah. And there's so much media coverage, not just only in America, but worldwide as well. Because what what I realized with America is that there's media coverage within America Mm -hmm. and there's media coverage like, what, from what they get about the whole world. They're very much like really inclusive, like very much about everything happening in America as opposed to everything happening in the world. And the little that they do get from the world is like, oh, like I didn't know this was happening. Yeah. In like, Africa or Boko Haram or whatever. Like also like Ebola, like really. Yeah. Like really, really. They were like really, like they didn't know what was going on. But, I think with all that that's happening the fact that the whole world knows about it yeah. it's become that big deal where it's become international news not just American news and I feel like as America it's, something should be happening it can't happen from last year and have all these high profile deaths and still have the same deaths
1: it's, it's, yeah, it's a snowball th- 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 of something and something has to happen something from Trayvon to... Martin to Sandra Bland something has to happen yeah
2: I mean, like just before I came back, um, at end of May, there was this video about this, um, in Texas where these kids were having a, like an end of year pool party and there was some black kids there, but was that a white yes, person's house? And I like heard about the that. way they manhandled that girl. I and I was like, after everything we've heard and all the videos we've seen and all the police have gone into trouble, you still go and do that? Yeah. Like what is going on? Like are your bosses not telling and, you to follow? And protocol? I love
1: how they actually compared it to the person who, the white kid who shot uh, nine people in the yes. church about how he
2: Misunderstood, like misunderstood. Yeah, we could go misunderstood white boy, whereas like the other kids are just like, well, he's a thug, and actually, no, he was on his way to college. Mm.
1: What must fucking happen? Like, <laughs>
0: you <laughs> what know, what? Is, I just uh, it what feels so mis- weird
2: because like when I'm there, I can't exactly. Not that I can't voice my concerns. It's just you made like they make you know that you are South African, or you are African, and you are not American.
1: And what does that mean?
2: So it's like. I don't know, I personally have felt that Like on some issues They don't necessarily Value your opinion Because they think you don't know What's going on mm-hmm. Um, So it's I think it's really hard to comment As like I know a foreigner On issues like this For them to actually like really Care Um, I don't know, it's really hard It's just like My friend's like, oh no, that's good. But you like, you African, like you, you don't really get this. Like you guys don't have this in the Netherlands. There's a whole bunch of black people anyway. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. But we went through apartheid. Like I know the after effects of what institutionalized racism can do to people, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really hard to be like, well, you guys need to do something. You guys need to take action. And they're going to be like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't lived in this country. You've been here for like one year. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: so it's really hard. You feel like a bystander. Um. And they make you feel like a bison and they make they make it known that you not that you're not wanted, but that you're not from here. So you can't feel our pain or you don't know what we're really going through. Yeah. So it makes it hard, but I mean, I'm just like, yo, know, I went like not I went through a but like I come from a country where this was on a bigger scale. Yeah. Um, but I don't live through it. So like I know the after effects of it. I know how it is to try and um, interact with your white friends when maybe your parents still have a few prejudice like yeah. stuff going on. So it's like, I, I kind of know what's going on, but I was like, I can help you guys. Like I can give you guys my opinions on how to get through it. Like dialogue, like I think speak to the people about exactly. it. Find out about what you need he to thinks. speak through. Things. You need to speak you need through them, and they don't. So I was just like,
1: I think the true silver lining is that at least awareness yes. is definitely there. You know, me just living in South Africa heard about the Sandy Hook tragedy. And to realize through that, the discussion of gun laws and oh my goodness, well, Piers Morgan isn't just crazy, but he's actually speaking about, about something that isn't good and something yeah. has to happen. So yes, awareness got that down. Everybody was hashtagging bring back our girls. Yes. Everyone from Russell Simmons yes. and M- you know, Michelle
2: Obama. I heard
1: Alicia Keys did a march, even though not a lot of people put up for that. <laughs> I think, you know, it's still, it's all about awareness, but now it's about this next step. And I definitely do think with people like you in America. Oh goodness. No pressure, but I do believe that that's the way to go, and you know there there will be positive change out of it.
2: We'll see. <laughs> I'm
1: definitely no now. I do. I feel like I was about to wrap up the interview, but I'm like, no, now we need like an optimistic. No, no, no I'll, I'll way. definitely come
2: back and like run the AU. Okay, yes, but like <laughs> America's big. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, thank you so much for stopping by this morning. Thank you for look having. At, look me. Look at how like 30. It's not even 35 minutes. It's just like flown by that quickly
2: i think we talk too much but
1: it's a good thing
2: sometimes
1: yeah i'll I'll have you back on before you like to leave us for good in america oh. again
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me what's
1: next in the life of fortunate <laughs> apart from being in lehigh university all the way in pennsylvania enjoying the east coast weather
2: what's next uh hopefully a few years working in new york um i don't know maybe a few marches maybe yes. a riot some protests um Oh, I don't know. I'll let you know. I, I'll, when I say yes to something, I'll let you yeah. know. Yeah.
1: And then just, um, I don't know. Maybe you might bump into If you just bump into my real mother, Oprah Winfrey, just say, Hey, mum. Oh, um, Sia at home is looking for you, but it's fine. We'll move on. Thank you, fortunate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bye. Unreal, unsensitive, unradio, clipcentral.com. Last regret And it burns Like fire Holding on too tight Cut to the bone Better than The sweetest love this Affliction. I am my own contradiction. For you, I pain. me Where you been What would you say What would you say If I asked you to stay What would you do If I needed you Would you turn around And call me a fool Mr. Me Mr. Me See I
1: A bit of a different twist right here on untapped talent on cliffcentral.com talk about a soulful friday it's miss kelly with mr mean good morning miss kelly good morning how are you i'm good i just want to leave the song in the background just for the sake of
3: you know <laughs> mellow friday <laughs> exactly
1: okay let's get to- there we go done and dusted mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining me right here on untapped thank you for talent.
3: having me i'm excited to be here
1: listen we just played your song mr mean and i actually mm-hmm. want to talk about it first and foremost you of course are the vocals on the song but you also wrote it i did and i have to say that is one of the things that i always look up to um artists for you know when you write your own material Mm -hmm. because those are your own memories your own experiences and then you send it
3: yeah your own feelings all raw and out there shucks a song like this
1: how long did it take for you to like actually get complete
3: it was really quick because i was really hurt Ooh, actually, okay yeah that happened in my life are we gonna talk about yeah. the misdemean
1: do you want to name and shame him
3: i will <laughs> never name him he doesn't deserve to be named
1: wait but then you're gonna yeah. have a situation i think it was adele mm-hmm. who didn't name the people mm-hmm. that she wrote the songs mm-hmm. about then mm-hmm. all her exes were calling her it's like "I'm happening. sorry." it's been happening is it yeah
3: no if it's like is it me i'm like no it's not you yeah. are you sure yes i'm sure
1: <laughs> what sort of experience do you go through in writing this so you feel the pain and how mm-hmm. do you eloquently actually like
3: well it's like it's poetry to, to, to melody i guess you know mm-hmm. so it's like you write it down because you're just expressing it and letting it out yeah and then you put it to song
1: wow yeah. where did this whole journey start off with you
3: with the music journey yeah um gosh when i was a kid i've, I've been singing forever i've been writing since i was about 16 Wow. Yeah, yeah, but professionally for about two and a half, three years now.
1: At 16, did you know yeah. that you wanted to take a professional? Without
3: doubt. My parents were like, never going to happen. Oh, what did they want Don't from you? do think about it. Like, go to school. Yeah. Be serious.
1: Professor?
0: Yeah, you <laughs> know <laughs> exactly, <Yep. laughs>
1: with my previous kids, fortunately, we were having this discussion of like, no, in America, they uh they encourage you, you know, they call it the undergrad, uh yeah. like your degree to find yourself. I was like that would not fly that would in never South work Africa out over here. it would never it would,
3: like parents would be like for what, but You're doing did you, what you know it, yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it's not even a discussion, but did you actually get into studying music?
3: I didn't, my parents said no to that as well, so it was very, very it, there was no two ways about it, so I went to study psychology and sociology in my undergrad. End up getting a master's in something wow. else entirely, ended up working in a different field. And then I was like, I need to sing.
1: Were you gigging and like writing? I, I was and, not doing much in, gigging at all. No. Not at all. I was writing a lot, you uh-huh. know,
3: kind of making my music to myself for myself, singing in the shower. Yeah. That was it. I, I'm
1: always very intrigued by songwriters as well, who, you know, they'll say they have a catalogue of like in a year they wrote 70 songs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then in an album you get like twelve. Yeah. So how many how, how many songs do you think you have like under your belt?
3: Honestly, more than I can count. I'd say over 500, I swear. Yeah. But some of them are, are rubbish. So some of them should okay. never be heard by anyone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it,
1: it takes a big woman to say that. <laughs> it's the truth though. Do you still remember like the first song you tried to write? Um. At like 16.
3: I actually do. Was, was it just about of, like, like the rainy day no, you were having? it was having, actually or... pretty intense. I was a pretty deep child. I was like, oh, wow. Pretty, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty intense. <laughs> I was in sort of Jewel and Sarah McLaughlin at the time. So it it's kind of very folky sounds then. But now that's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Do you feel a change in your songwriting mm-hmm. and based on your life experiences and your influences as well
3: definitely i mean i'm definitely writing more stuff that is a little edgier now than i was before yeah and also the older i get the more okay i'm with being vulnerable and kind of exposing the vulnerability yeah so the music's becoming more real i think
1: and is it more a thing of it's okay not to be okay? Because with exactly, uh, with yeah. average people in society, it's just like you want to be perfect. You want to look good. Mm-hmm. You want to ambition, ambition, ambition. Mm-hmm. Whereas with songwriting, you want to represent a whole spectrum of what people are going through.
3: And oftentimes you're kind of looking at the pain side of things. You, know, you actually want that pain. You want the vulnerability. You want the hurt. Yeah. That often tends to speak to people more than the happy, happy stuff you know
1: but isn't that tough when you find your releases as well because i'm sure it yeah. must be anxious doesn't even begin to cover it i'm sorry i don't want to make you feel anxious i just realized as i said it i was like oh, she's probably going to feel horrible now but how does it feel when you finally get a song and you release it after to i've you gotten know?
3: better now but initially just like anyone hear my music was really tough cuz you're exposed it's like yeah. you have to kind of say I'm a target, feel free to tell me it's rubbish, you know, and that can be really tough. Yeah. But now I've kind of got a bit of a thicker skin now, you know.
1: Do you read any reviews or comments about you? I
3: try not to. Because the negative ones just make me feel like rubbish. Yeah. So, no. Ideally not.
1: Who does Miss Kelly go to for support?
3: My family is pretty awesome, actually. Uh-huh. My parents, turned, like they've come around now. They're like, yeah. yes, <laughs> sing songs. It's good. So after you got a master's, <laughs> yeah. and
1: after they were like, okay, she has People something like, to oh, fall People like, oh, she can actually on. sing. She's, yes. like, she's, she's, she's not too
3: bad. So it's not just a phase. Yeah, exactly. Almost. And they thought it was a phase. Yeah, so now my family's been awesome. They are great support. My siblings are pretty damn awesome as well. Do you come yeah. from a
1: musical background?
3: Um, Not really. I mean, not formally. My parents are into music, mm-hmm. but no one in my family does anything professionally in the music space. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's your greatest musical uh, memory growing up
3: wow it's interesting as a kid so i grew up in germany oh, and um
1: my goodness your story just gets interesting <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing in germany all of a um, sudden
3: I, I was born there i was there for 10 years my dad was an ambassador for the suture
1: to you too that's all i know that's great guntag and schnitzel
3: <laughs> that's fabulous i think that's <laughs> i'm so impressed <laughs> I just lost all street cred. <laughs> Completely. Okay, so
1: growing up in Germany. Yes,
3: yeah. I grew up in Germany. So yeah, my Tepotola, uh, um, came to Germany to record an album. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, my dad and him were playing golf in the backyard. Casually. I remember just like picking up balls and throwing them. And they were like, no, bring the balls back. That's about
1: it. Oh, right. Okay. Not, not having, <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> not actually knowing the golf club. I have no cl- I
3: was just having fun with Tiger
1: the Woods yeah, esque yeah. way of yeah, life. It. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. But it, it must have been a very unconventional childhood then.
3: Um, I don't think so. No, it was pretty, pretty normal actually. I mean, I, I grew up, I was there for 10 years and it was comfortable as home. Nothing was, you know, it wasn't like upheaval or anything like that. But moving from Germany to South Africa was tough
1: because I'm sure at that stage, you had a sense of who you are or in the process of, and in that context. Yeah. yeah. And it's a culture shock of note.
3: And I came in 1994. So the timing was just like, not, not great.
1: How was it growing up in Germany pre 94? Did we, how did Germany feel towards South Africa? I
3: can't, I was too young to even know. I I honestly, I had no, I had no idea anything was awry, to be honest, you know? So when I got here, it was like, whoa, like literally, whoa.
1: Where did you move to? Uh, Okay. Right here. The hub of everything. And were you aware of it instantly as you you came in? Pretty
3: much, yeah. Pretty much. I suddenly became very aware of my blackness. Yeah. Which was weird for me wow i survived no no <laughs> and i'm good now no
1: because <laughs> all i'm now thinking about is imagine the songs that are going to come out of her they're growing up in germany she probably has a song written in fluent german then she writes about the airplane ride i
3: must the, say that my german now is is gone because I, I never speak it
1: oh you yeah, true you you don't it's like something grown, you need it, to it's exercise been a while it's, uh, yeah Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is how's Miss Kelly as a musician? Is she someone who likes to experiment with different sounds, Definitely. given her different experiences? Yes.
3: Okay. Like I love different types of music. Like my music collection is ridiculously like diverse. Mm-hmm. So I love to pull in different genres and try different things out and experiment a lot. So dubstep you know kind of some rock stuff in there sometimes oh, wow. and, yeah so this is like my soul stuff right now but there's other stuff coming it's going to be a bit off
1: if we were to push shuffle on like your ipod mm. what sort of artists would we find
3: wow well right now i'm, I'm having a huge love affair with um, sam hunt
1: Sam Hunt, yeah, never heard of no, him well, her.
3: Um I, that's the Rihanna's, there's the Beyoncé's. Uh, yes. There's obviously Sarah McLaughlin's and the Jewels. Uh-huh. There is um, some traditional music, some Budaza. Uh, okay. You know? So I, it's a bit, I told you it's So it's really, it is a crazy. wide spectrum. Everything, pretty my, much.
1: My definition of musical diversity is like from Taylor Swift to like you two. <laughs> that's as far as I saw. That's pretty really lame. That's pretty bad. Listen, I think Just I be haven't. ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Says a musical empresario <laughs> to me On that note I always think it's quite interesting Where people stand on this little argument What do you think of Taylor Swift?
3: She's a phenomenal songwriter
1: uh, Okay She is, she's a yeah. good
3: songwriter I mean, she's she is really skilled And she's really focused as a musician uh-huh. So I've got nothing but love for her
1: even with the 1989 album, you know, she was stereotypically very country. And, mm-hmm. and now she's moving into mainstream pop. Well, it that seems is...
3: like that's where her heart is. I feel like, you know, when you start as an artist and you're signed to a label, often mm-hmm. you're directed in, you know, certain genres you should be doing. I think now she's kind of feeling free to do what she wants to do. And as an artist, I'm like, yay. Yeah. Do your thing.
1: And so that's the reality, though, of the, the industry. As mm. much as it's showbiz, there is a business side to Completely, it. yeah. How do you or where do you draw the line of you know, you as an artist versus mm-hmm. now you have to make a business out of this?
3: Um, well, look, I am i chose to be unsigned and independent because I want to be creative and be in control of my creativity. Mm-hmm. But I totally understand that it is a business. So I can't just release anything willingly because, you know, I like it. I've got to check that it's actually, it's, it works in, in the music space right now. Yeah. So I'm very much aware of that kind of stuff. In the same breath, I think being a creative is the first focus. Wow. Yeah, it has to be. What's the point? Yeah. You know?
1: So do you ever feel like... Making like a commercial hit is Mm -hmm. just like selling yourself to the devil, almost.
3: No, you need to survive. You need to eat. Okay, so So you
1: do see the reality of it. I'm totally aware of it. Yeah,
3: but I don't think I would be booty popping and you know shaky shaky. Yeah, that's that's not me. Even if even if it's sold, I would not be doing that. Uh So you know there is a line. Because
1: you know. I think people already know this And they probably hate me for this But mm. my go-to example is Jason Derulo's Wiggle Wiggle I'm yeah. like, nothing says
0: Jason Derulo oh. Yeah, go on <laughs> And I just heard he's coming the to the country way. Did oh. you? Oh. Yeah, no. Let's have a moment for that <laughs> Let's do that
1: Moments of silence <laughs> Moment passed, thank you I really mm. don't know how to take it It's just like, how do you sit down And you start to put words and you onto write that paper nonsense. And that is yes. what you put out The worst
3: part is, it's so catchy that's what bothered me the most. <laughs> Found myself like humming along. I'm like, no, don't do it.
1: His it's trumpet terrible. song is it's... what I really felt like. Mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm horrible i'm I'm horrible <laughs> against society if so i'm singing along to that yep. it's, it's yeah. absolutely a no-go mm-hmm. zone mm-hmm. but um also you know we just had donnell jones in the country mm-hmm. Trey songs is coming along as Woo-hoo. well okay, i'm oh. a fan of Trey
3: songs i'm not even lying
1: okay so you you are genuinely excited about that i'm
3: a fan of the body more than anything
1: else oh yeah true <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> tony braxton babyface yes. are coming to the country yes, yes. jason derulo later on mm-hmm. in the year what do you think of south africans perspective or take on international acts
3: that's an interesting question whoa Um, I think it's a fair question. I do think generally South African consumers (laughs) Mm -hmm. prefer international music to local music. I think that's slowly changing, which is a good thing.
1: How does that make you feel as a South African artist? Um,
3: It's a challenge. It's good. But it's good, though. I'm happy to, you know, try and change people's minds. Mm-hmm. be part of that new movement of musicians in this country who are kind of pushing the quality is getting better as well our music is actually at the point where we can compete internationally Yeah, so I'm excited it's a good time to be a musician I think
1: and you don't mind that for example we have a Donal Jones and the whole country goes crazy over him no offence but <laughs> then he cannot fill uh, uh, any sort of venue out in America Yeah, you know we had if you watch the Braxtons and their reality mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. where Tony has you know very open about her troubles and yeah, her bankruptcy yeah. then we are so up in arms and so excited about her coming I think to the country we are
3: we are loyal so if you loved someone growing okay. up you kind of stick with that person you know what I mean okay there's nothing wrong with that I think it's a good thing alright yeah
1: you just made me see things in a whole new way mm-hmm. because at first I was like no why are we just getting like the scraps of America <laughs> no, I don't think
0: that's what it is at all Honestly,
1: yeah. Okay. okay, I'll accept that. Because I was like, yeah. where's Where's Beyonce coming to the country? We don't get Beyonce, <laughs> but we get Donnell Jones. Although, to
3: be fair, apparently is very expensive as well. So bringing her out is like a thing.
1: Well, you know, they can say a lot about Mr. Rasmataz, but Mr. Rasmataz was potentially going to bring her.
3: That's the truth. So, <laughs> I'll
1: support Mr.
0: Rasmataz. <laughs> just um, for that. Just yeah.
1: for that. That's all it is. Um, do you think that we are loyal to our own musicians, though?
3: I think it's turning around. You know, okay. I, I and I i can't honestly speak as if I'm someone who knows a hell of a lot about it, but I, I do think that things are changing. And if you just look at the number of musicians who are doing, who are selling crazy amounts in terms of like albums, yeah, and no one buys albums anymore, but people are buying these albums exactly. Someone like I Funny, for example, I mean, he sold how many in like oh, one yeah. day? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So I think there's definitely a turnaround. People are getting more supportive, and they're kind of feeling like they are part of the process. I think. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like I said, it's an exciting time to be a musician in this country. You know, I think um. I'm looking forward to exploring different things and trying to see just how much people here can be loyal to musicians. Yeah. yeah.
1: So talk about an, that's a very interesting way to look at things. Mm. It's a whole new different perspective because I was just like, ah, la, 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 la. I was just all horrible <laughs> about the thing. Casper, new vest, filling up the dome.
3: Yeah. Wow. That's an amazing, that's, it's a great goal to have, you know. Uh, I hope he reaches co- it.
1: Because at first, you know, I had to say, you know, I finally started off saying, mm-hmm. saying, I think he wanted to go gold. I was like, ish yeah. guy got a new good luck you it actually happened up, yeah. so now at first i was also on a casper filling up the dome but now I, yeah, think... I think it's
3: possible look it scares me because the dome is huge exactly it's, just, it's a little bit scary yeah but hey but they always wow. say if
1: your dreams don't scare you then you aren't dream- dreaming big enough true it's one of those yeah, things that's right. what's the
3: point no look i hope he does it yeah it's an amazing thing
1: um just in, in wrapping up though do you think um south african artists mm-hmm. are viewed in the right way like, are you respected enough?
3: Um, look, it's early days for me, so I can't really speak on okay. that. I, I think so. Yeah, definitely. I think people are respecting South African artists, South African music writers. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that a lot of South African music is now going going international indicates just that. So, yeah, I think so.
0: Okay.
1: I see. <laughs> Very above the line. Gave me good straight up answers. I can't say anything more about focused, that. Yeah. Where can we see you headed in the future? What's like your ultimate?
3: Take over the world. I, obviously <laughs> I want a Grammy. I mean let's let's be serious about that. Have life. you already
1: like pinpointed out like your um your duets with John Legend and how that's gonna work you out?
3: I have no idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who's your ultimate duet answers?
3: There are quite a few if I'm honest. John Legend is definitely on that list though, mm-hmm. without Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. anybody
1: mm-hmm. is just one of those.
3: I think we should give him a call. Let him know, you
1: know. Oh yeah. Thing, Cause yeah. I casually have John Legend You never on- know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I'd like to think I'm very well. Like I got my, <laughs> I took my eyes and crossed my T's, but having John Legend on speed dial is not the thing. Yeah. Okay, no, no, no. no. Everything that's but fun. definitely Grammy.
3: For sure. Uh-huh. That has to happen. But keeping a local, obviously, you know, I want to do well in this country first, mm-hmm. you know. And, well, collaborations have to come as well. I love to, to be based in the UK, doing stuff in the UK. I love British music. Oh, that's Love awesome. the way it's headed. So, yeah, just, um, being a creative and being true to the music. Okay. Yeah. so
1: last 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 one. last last because one. i'm very very biased against this janet okay. jackson has come back with a new single no sleep and she's co- going on tour i have a very soft spot for janet what do you think
3: i love janet i was go. at her last concert <laughs> here she was amazing phenomenal yay for janet
1: that's why i'm gonna give you a good recommendation <laughs> now where can we get uh get more details on what you're up to where can we follow if you on social check media check
3: out facebook at official miss kelly and that's m-s-k-e-double-l-e no wise.
1: Okay. no why yeah don't, and don't there's the no Beyonce thingy on the E Miss Kelly No no no
3: Miss Kelly Just E okay. straight up Yeah Twitter at Miss Kelly Instagram uh-huh. official Miss Kelly Yeah um, Fantastic I'm there. stuff
1: Okay yeah. So Mr. Mean Definitely doing well Any yes. other singles That um, we can Mr. look mean out to Mr. Mean
3: is the number one Official single so. oh, Excuse us Yes. <laughs> excuse us there we go
1: going out there and making waves. thank you so much for stopping by thank this you morning for having what me. an awesome awesome person thank you thank you so much to my guest uh, fortunate as well for stopping by and especially thank you for listening until next week we're doing this again 9 till 10am right here on cliffcentral.com uh, my name is Sia and I'll see you. I am the future of South Africa on my shoulders I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come I'm eager to learn but even more eager to use my knowledge for good I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to, that really matters. At
0: Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into
1: future leaders. Sibanya Gold. We are one. Revolution.